Hello, friends, and welcome back to Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm Zach Brittle. I'm here with Laura Heck. Today, we're responding to a piece of listener mail. Got an email from a gal who's really struggling to figure out what to do in her relationship because she is unhappy and she fears that her partner may not even notice. So we're going to bat that around for a little bit. Hope you'll stick with us. Hello, Laura Heck. How are you doing? Good afternoon, Zachary Brittle. Zach is not actually your first name. Nope. Nope. Zach is my middle name. Is it Christopher or Chris? Or is this like Christopher Zachary? Christopher Zachary. Is there a reason why you decided to go with Zachary or Zach? Well, when I was a baby, I thought really hard about it Mm -hmm. and let my parents know right away (laughs) that I preferred to go by my middle name. So they obeyed and began calling me by my middle name. Wow. And so, and so that's, what I, the power. that's what I responded to. The power. Yeah. Well, No, I actually have here's, – here's the real answer. I, um, my parents just started calling me Zach, which was a choice that they made. And I think they were very, very committed to not naming me after anyone in the family. Like that was part of their mm-hmm. gig. They wanted just to have a – Original me name. Me have a unique, a unique name. Yeah. So they 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 called me Zach. They spelled it Z A C K for some reason because my <laughs> my name is Z A C H A R Y. And when I was in the fourth grade, we moved. And when I got to my new school, I said, "I don't understand where this K came from." So I changed the spelling of my own name yeah. in the fourth grade. So yeah. now it's Z A C H. That's awesome. So okay, I guess. Well, I I don't know. I hope my son doesn't want to go by Hootie his whole life. That was the nickname that his grandfather gave him. And uh, he might end up being just Hootie. Who knows? We'll see. Oh, I mean, that's unlikely, right? Yeah. You're basically going to go by what you tell your teachers that you go by. Yeah. Yep. Do you know that I so. changed my name from high school to college? When I got to college, I decided I wanted to be Laura Elizabeth. I wanted to be known by my first and middle name because I thought it sounded pure and um, mm. and kind of like Little House on the Prairie style. Because... Yeah, And so th- I wanted to go by Laura Elizabeth. So if anybody's listening that knew me in college, my undergrad years, they're like, yes, I knew her as Laura Elizabeth. And it was very fitting. But now I am Laura. And not pure. And not pure. Definitely not. I wasn't pure in college yeah. either, but I've wanted to be. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, I I wanted to talk about a question that we got from a listener. And it was a, a question that I got this this email in and Man, it just really stuck with me, and um, and I just wanted to get your opinion on it, Zach. And then I'll I'll email the listener listener back. Um, but she had emailed, and she basically said, um, "I'm h- unhappy in my relationship, but I don't know how to address it with my partner because I'm pretty sure my partner thinks everything's honky dory." She didn't use those mm. words. That's that's yeah. that's a phrase I like to use. Um, and and it's interesting because I've actually come across couples where that's very much the case of one partner is unhappy and the other partner is completely taken back by it. They are shocked that their partner is anything but satisfied. And her concern is that she doesn't know how to bring it up because every time it does come up or there's conflict in the relationship, she finds that she's the one that's bringing it up. And then in the midst of it, she ends up sort of bowing out of it in whatever way she can, because it gets too uncomfortable and it gets to a place where she just doesn't want to be in the conflict anymore. And so she ends up sort of falling mm. on her sword and apologizing um, for any wrongdoing. And and then they're out of the conflict just as easily. 
so she's kind of stuck in this bind where she wants to address it because she doesn't want to continue living in this relationship where she's unhappy and dissatisfied, but at the same time, she's worried and doesn't know how to bring it up. So I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on this is like, how, how do you address it? And is it worth it? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and you're right. Like, I, th- I think I do see this quite a bit where one partner, one partner's tolerance for happiness is simply higher than another. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's not the right way to play it. Play, but one person's tolerance for the status of a relationship is different than the others. And, yeah. and so I might think it's pretty good. And my wife might think it's not going that great. And somehow we have to find that sort of equalizing space, right? We have to narrow the gap between the expectations. And I think, I think um, it's really tough because you want to be able to ask for what you need. Um, but you don't want to be able to, but, but, but you can't ask for what you need in a way that's a compl- like, a, that's a complaint, right? Mm-hmm. It's more like a status check. Yeah. I think about um, like, how do we know, how do we measure the, the, the success or failure or the happiness or the, the quota Gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? How do we measure the um, sort of satisfaction index on a relationship? Mm-hmm. What criteria do we use? Because mm. um, it could be that that you're measuring different things, right? Like we, we talked a while back about sort of this comprehensive view of intimacy that has intellectual, emotional, sexual, physical, and spiritual. Mm-hmm. It could be that one partner is getting two of those needs met great and another partner is not. And But the... V- the way I'm measuring the success of the relationship is through my my lens. Right. You know? Yep. And so you almost have to just like lay it bare, t- take a quiz or uh, have a normalizing conversation. So the, the hard part is, here, here, here one more thing. Yeah. Um, this is a thing that this is a thing I think that, uh, that I would say based on what your, what your email is describing is I think it's really hard to be in business, like to be in a company where you have an annual review and then you find out at your annual review that you that the, over the last year you've not been doing very well, and you kind of wish somebody would say, "Well, why didn't you tell me that like eleven months ago, right. or ten months right. ago, yes. or nine months yes. ago?" Versus once a year we check in about the status of our performance. Mm-hmm. You almost need it's almost like you shouldn't ever be surprised by what happens in your annual review. Yes. And I think couples need to kind of normalize um, the check in. Normalize like, mm-hmm. what are we doing? How are we doing? Mm-hmm. So the problem is sometimes they don't know until they they're unhappy. Yeah, I agree. So you know, if I was actually on the phone with this listener and I was saying, "Here's what I would do." Um, number one, I would just start off by having a conversation about criteria. Like, what what do you think, honey? If she was talking to her partner, what do you think is um, is the criteria for a happy and satisfying relationship? Like. How do you get your needs met? What are what does that look like? And be curious for him because if you if you enter the conversation rather than complaining about how your needs aren't getting met, instead being curious uh, for your partner as to what does what do they need in order to have their needs met, then it opens the conversation up for reciprocity so that he can return the conversation and she has the opportunity to say, "You know what? Um and I and and actually, I would say I think that the five facets of intimacy um, is a great criteria to start off with. If you're confused or if you don't know where to go, that's a really great area to say. You know what? On a scale of one to ten, let's just go through the five facets. And and for our listeners now, I'll just go. So the five facets of intimacy is physical intimacy, which is different and separate from sexual intimacy. So physical intimacy is 
using your body in play and um, doing physical things together. Then you have your sexual intimacy, which is pretty explanatory. Intellectual intimacy, the sharing of ideas. Emotional intimacy, sharing of emotion and feelings. Um, and then spiritual intimacy. And if you were to rate the relationship on a scale of one to 10 in each five of those facets, where would each of you rate yourself? And if you have a, a difference in each of them, why? I mean, it's a great conversation to start off with. But I love the well, idea. I mean, I think practically, if you take one of those and you say, well, I'm a five and I'm a seven, then you're averaging a six and you can say to one another, how do we, how do we push it up? How do we average a six and a half? How do we average a seven, yeah. eight? Yeah. Um, so that we can go together, right? right? It's not about me catching up to you, how happy you are. It's about us raising the thing. And I think, I think spiritual intimacy is the, is the most important. And I'm not talking about religion or spirituality necessarily, but I think to the email that you're, that, that we got, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a journey, there's a moving through life that, that marriage is really about. And here she is at this like spot that doesn't feel that great. And a question that she can ask is, is to say, Hey, what are we going to, what are we going to be about for the next five years? What mm -hmm. are we going to be about for the next three years, 10 years? You know, I, I feel like, I feel like I'm at this spot and I need a, I need a change of focus or a change of energy or change of direction. And I wonder what we could like lean into or learn about yeah. or value because it's one thing to say, I want you to be less like the thing I don't like. Mm -hmm. And it's another thing to say, I want us to be more like the thing that we care about. Right. It's, it's about us. And, and in her email, she took a lot of responsibility saying, you know, it's not, it's not just about him you know, needing to make changes. It's a we thing. So she obviously understands that it is, it's progress. It's a we thing. It is totally teamwork. So I think she's interested in that idea. Um, and that would land really well. My whole thing is if, if you're afraid of your partner's reaction, I, I'm always about how do you get the buy-in? How do you make this something that they find important too? And if, if she thinks that her husband really does think the relationship is good. I mean, that's uh, that's an interesting piece because she, that's her perception. And she thinks that he thinks everything's honky-dory. I wonder if her perception is wrong. I'm really mm -hmm. curious if she might be off, if she might be gauging that he's he's actually not feeling very close and connected to her. Have you ever had that experience where the perception was really just so off? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's it's interesting because couples, um, people fall into cliches pretty easily yeah. in terms of just sort of accepting words at face value. And I I never do. Like, I just don't I just don't agree with people's words <laughs> often enough. Like, I had this couple talk the other day about, oh, I I feel like if I ask this question, I'm going to get in trouble. And a little bit later, he said the exact same thing. He said, oh, I know I'm going to get in trouble when I say this. And I was like, wait a second, what is what is get in trouble? Yeah. Like, what is that? Like, yeah. you get in trouble with your your principal or your or your parent, <laughs> but you don't get in trouble with your partner. Yeah, um, I hear that a lot. Or this, or this lady who's like, I'm afraid right. of his reaction. Well, what is the fear? Why are you, what is the, what is that fear? Right. Um, well, she she said she's we afraid it's going to get worse before it gets better. Which I have something yeah. to say about that. <laughs> it is going to get yeah. worse before well, it, it gets might. better. Yeah. yeah, it might, and that's okay. Yep, things generally do when yeah. you when you go clean your room. Generally, you make a wreck of it first, <laughs> so you can put things back in right in, in place. But yeah. but I think it's about 
normalizing as much as possible the fact that you're two adults, that two adults are in a relationship chasing some mutual goal, which is, you know, it could be, I don't want to be miserable for the rest of my life, but it could be, no, I really want to set ourselves up for success. I want to be friends with my adult children. I want to go to Venice. I want, it doesn't matter what it is, but if you're two adults chasing it, then you can test some of your responses, whether they're fear-based or, you know, power-based or anger-based, who knows, but yeah. I so if I if I was to be communicating with this gal, I would say absolutely like don't go another day longer being in a dissatisfied place. That to me is one of the most miserable, lonely places to be in is this fear of conflict and it, not leaning into the conflict, but instead avoiding it and instead allowing resentments to build up and distance to grow between the two of you. And that's not fair to him. It's just not. And if she's worried about causing him harm because she's about ready to open up a can of worms and say, I'm dissatisfied, I'm unhappy, I would say that she's doing more harm to the relationship by not addressing it and allowing herself to slowly build resentment and walls and turn away from him to have her needs met that she's not getting in the relationship. I mean, it really truly is a place of love and like as an example, I have a business partner other than you here and he and his wife get into it all the time. They are constantly digging into really tough stuff because they're just really trying to refine their new new marriage. They've been in, married for a year and they work so hard by addressing conflict the moment it comes up because they love and care about each other so much that they want their relationship to be the best that it possibly can be. Not a single thing gets swept under that rug without them examining it under a microscope and saying, is this something we can make better? And it's pretty stinking amazing to watch them struggle through conflict because there's a lot of conflict that comes up in the first several years of marriage as you're adjusting and trying to discover your weeness and how to live together and how to mold and shape one another. And it's very cool to watch them bring conflict up equally because most of the time, you know, 80% of the time it's a female that's going to address the conflict. Well, he actually said recently that he's the one that brings up the majority of the conflict. Um, and I just adore it. And I, I love them for it. That sounds exhausting as far as sure. you know, to me. It is exhausting. Because um, um, uh, we like to, we're, Rebecca and I are professional battle pickers. Mm-hmm. Like we, we'll get into it for a second. We like, this is worth it? No. Yeah. Okay. The end. Yeah. Um, but but I you also to have how many years? About, 27 years under your belt? 20? 27? <laughs> how old are you again? Yeah. <laughs> um, we celebrate 21 okay. this summer. Okay. It was a comment but, for you, not for Rebecca. You can, I'm sorry, Rebecca, yeah, that I yeah. made that joke. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know how I said like, okay, I don't take words at face value, but the other thing is I make people finish their sentences. So you have this, um, this girl, this, this woman who wrote you and she said, I'm sad. Or she's thinking, maybe she wants to say to her husband, I'm sad. Um, the, the rest of that sentence matters, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sad and it's your fault is different than I'm sad and I need your help. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, so in terms of, I think people need to kind of press through to the, to the whole thought, right? Other, because, otherwise he's going to close the, close the loop for her. He's going to, well, he may hear, yeah, he may hear it's my fault sure. and you're blaming me yeah. and I, and what am I supposed to do versus how can I help? Right. You know? Right. Yeah. 
That's a that's an interesting piece. I I've never really thought about closing the sentence because we will our brain will naturally uh, seek finality. It will find ways to conclude for you. So if you lo- if you leave an open uh, place and we will interpret things, even if you say something, we're still going to interpret it differently because of our own filters. Yeah. But that yeah. is a that's a really interesting tactic. I've never thought of that forcing people. Here's another piece of it. Well, and another piece of it too is like this. People will say, I want X. I want this to happen. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm and i like, why? Why do you want that to happen? Uh-huh. What, is, what does it do for you? In my house, we call it um, the Wizard of Oz effect, you know, like um, where she's like, because, 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 because of the wonderful things he does. Mm-hmm. I make people, I make people give me like five becauses. Mm-hmm. I want that because, <laughs> because, do you know what? because. <laughs> So funny, my son, um, he was in the why stage for, and yep. he still kind of is because that's a, he's a three-year-old and three-year-olds seek the question why. Why is the sky blue and why are you doing that, mommy? And why do I have to go to bed at 8, 8 p.m.? And oh, it's exhausting. And I just yep. started saying because. And he says, don't say because. It's his biggest complaint. <laughs> he forces me to finish my thought, to finish my statement. Yeah. So you and my son are just uh, the biggest annoying people out there, apparently. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm glad. I'm glad you share your uh, love for both of us. Yes, equally. I do. Yeah. Um, no, but I think, I, and again, I wanna, would want to emphasize that I think that's often for the complainer, not the complainer or the the asker, because they're asking for something, but that something has a meaning. That mm-hmm. something has a purpose. It has a cause. Right. And and. And she needs to know what it is. Yeah. Um, because if she says, I want you to be home on time uh, after the work day. Right. Okay. He can be like, but I was. I was home five days uh, last week. Right. And she can go, yeah, but you weren't present. And I'm like, well, that's not what you asked for. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. like, because I want your attention. Why do I want your attention? Because I want to feel known. Why do I want to feel known? Because that makes me feel connected to you. Why do I want to feel connected to you? Because it makes me want to have sex. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, you know, like there's a, hmm. not that sex is the end all, but like, I think that there's a, there's a pathway that people need to touch into. Could that be an exercise into. that couples could do going through the why, the questioning to dig deeper, dig deeper, peel the layer, peel the layer. Do you think couples I think could, absolutely. could do yeah. that? Because what you just went through seems like amazing. I think it's dangerous to do it um, together unless you've kind of done it on your own. Right. Like, um, I think she needs to test, like, why do I want him home on time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then be able to ask him for what she wants, which is five layers deep. Right. So it's the self-awareness first, understanding for yourself why you want something. You yeah. know, I was uh, I had just mentioned. So Simon Sinek uh, did this big TED talk that is incredibly uh, powerful and um, and it's know your why. I think have you have you seen sure. this yeah, TED yeah, talk? Yeah, yeah. no, I've, I, it's a pretty popular. It's pretty concept yeah, these days, but it's popular. And and the idea behind it that resonates for me is that if you want people to follow you and believe in you, then you better understand why you're doing what you're doing. And it sort of goes along with this idea of what you're saying is if you are asking your partner for something, you should understand and know why you want it. If you would like your partner to join you on the journey to follow along, to say, yes, if that's what you would like, then yes, I'm game. I'm on board. Then you should know for yourself why. 
And is I, that a piece of counsel you would have for the the gal that wrote you that email? Is she searching for her why? I don't know if she's searching for her why. I'm not sure. I think that self exploration is is a key to anything. And before you address things with your partner, oftentimes it's easy. It's you can start with you. And I recommend anybody start with you. Always be looking at yourself before you turn your attention to your partners. What is it about the relationship that's not satisfying her needs? If she was to look at her criteria, going back to what we had talked about initially of what is a happy and satisfying relationship, take a look at what is it that she she feels is missing and what is it that she wants that's not currently there. Um, and I do a big, long journal, just a brain dump. Uh, take a look at relationships around you that you see and you go, you know what, I would really like to play more with my partner or I would love to have more date nights with my partner or uh, because, 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 because digging down to understand the wonderful things she does. Is that the rest yeah. of it? Okay. I haven't seen it for a while. No, it's a he. It's the wonderful things he does, but okay. <laughs> it's a wizard. <laughs> It's been a while, Zach. It's been a while since I've seen The Wizard of Oz. To to be honest, The Wizard of Oz scared me as a child, so it's not something I like to rewatch as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should dig into that because there's lots of good um, lots of good lessons in that show. Hmm. Well, maybe the next podcast can be about The Wizard of Oz metaphors and wisdoms that you can pull out. Yeah, or something, or maybe Westworld. What what's Westworld? Oh my gosh! All right, we're signing off. <laughs> Um, <laughs> is this a generation I, gap thing? No, not at all. Huh. Um, mm. So you're going to write this lady back and give her your, your wisdom. And we're going to continue to field your requests. We are still interested in talking to you if you have betrayal in your relationship somewhere. Um, but thanks again for listening. And we hope that you have a great week. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this last episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. I... That was just a lot of fun. It, re- it really is wonderful to be able to feel like you're speaking directly to someone that is struggling with something, has a question about something, and that maybe we might be able to add a little bit of expertise or a different way to look at a problem. So if you have any questions about relationships, send them our way. Send me an email to info at forbetter.us. And if you're lucky, we will spend an entire episode picking it apart, hopefully giving you some new insight. And then as always... Thank you so much for putting your time and your attention and your affection uh, towards your relationship and making it better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.